Hi, everyone. Thank you for so much for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. This is your host, Mariana, speaking, and you are listening to the Commitment to Growth podcast. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're doing great. I hope you find yourself well as you are tuning into this episode, wherever you are tuning in from and whatever time of the day you are tuning in from. I hope your week is off to a good start. And if you, like me, are in one of the areas that has recently been hit a little bit harder by COVID and your local government has implemented some more restrictions, I just want to say that I hope you are taking care of yourself. I hope that you are having slightly lower expectations for yourself because I know that this is something that has just felt so never-ending and it feels still like there is no light at the end of the tunnel sometimes, but I promise there is and we just have to keep our heads up. We have to stay together and keep trudging forward. I know that it feels hopeless and it can feel like this is never going to end at times, but the end is near and We just have to keep taking care of ourselves. We have to keep doing the things necessary to help us keep our heads up, to help us keep moving forward, to help us keep finding the will to keep engaging in life because life is so beautiful. And I hope that one day we will look back and realize that this was just a minor bump in the road um, on this big journey that we're all on. So if you are enduring these crazy times right now, and if you are facing some newly implemented harsher restrictions around COVID, I hope that you're doing okay and that you are committing to doing the things that bring you joy and keep your mental health in check because that is what will trudge you through the rest of this uncertain path. So let's stick together. Let's keep motivating each other. Let's keep encouraging each other and please take care of yourselves because that is the most important thing you can do for your health and for your ultimate well-being. So I'm sending you lots of love if this uh, resonates with you at all. So I am really excited to be sharing this conversation with all of you because this is the first interview that I'm hosting on the show since the rebrand of the podcast into the Commitment to Growth podcast. And I could not think of a better way to kickstart this series of interviews with a better guest other than... Dr. Toya L. Sampson, who I am talking to today on the show. Toya is a wife, a mother. She is a board-certified OBGYN based out of California, and she is also the recent new founder of the company By Default, so that's B-U-Y, By Default, which is basically a service online that seeks to connect Black individuals with Black-owned businesses that cater their services to specifically Black people. She talks about how her experience as a Black woman coming from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean to the U.S. to pursue her medical education, how this illustrated for her the immense gaps that there are in the service industry, in the realm of products that are made specifically for Black people and the gaps that exist that are impeding Black people from accessing them in terms of the algorithms that our social medias are very much catered towards and also just how these products actually manage to make it into kind of the big, more well-known stores and how their representation on the shelves of those stores is so low that it really puts Black people at a disadvantage when it comes to specific products that they need for different things. So her business is all around 
supporting Black-owned businesses and supporting Black individuals in connecting with these services to get what they need. So what, whether that is health and beauty services, whether it's photography, whether it's travel, whether it's medical services, whether it's an accountant, whether it's clothing, there's stationery, there's like so many things. I'm just scrolling through the directory here and it's mind-blowing. And I love the design of this business. But what I love even more is Toya's story and how she got to doing what she is doing today. Um, truly the definition of superwoman. Like not only is she a doctor, but she's a business owner. Can you get any better than that? So I am going to let her speak to you and speak her story because I think she does a great job better than I could ever do. And I'm going to hand the mic over to her. So before we do that, I do also just want to take a moment to acknowledge that I am recording this episode from the land of the Lekwungen's peoples who are represented by the Songhees and the Squamal Nations, as well as the Wasanich peoples who are represented by the Sartlip, Pauquichin, Sayout, Saikum, and Malahat Nations. I am extremely privileged to be here. I feel so grateful to be back here in Victoria, in Saanich, um, pursuing my university education especially as a former uninvited settler to the land of the Nahuatl peoples that is now colonially known as Mexico City and being able to come here and reside on this land again as an uninvited settler and visitor. I'm so honored to be learning from everything that these indigenous communities are teaching us. I am so overwhelmed by all of their enthusiasm and their love and their care for all of us as we go through this journey of learning about Indigenous sovereignty and why it is so important to support that aspect of Indigenous education. So I hope that if you're listening to one of these land acknowledgements once again, because you've tuned into the podcast multiple times, uh, you've gone and done some of the work outside of your own time to educate yourself. But if you haven't, I highly encourage you to because it's something that is so buried, but also so integral to our history and something that really needs to be addressed. So without further ado, let's get right into this conversation with Dr. Toya L. Sampson. Dr. Toya, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How are we doing? I am fine. Thank you so much for having me, Mariana. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited to have you too. This has been a long time coming and I have yeah. so much to ask you with so little time. So yeah. I don't want to delay, I don't want to delay our conversation too much. So why don't we get right into it? And mm-hmm. um, if you could start off with just telling us a little bit about you and your story and the milestones and the things that got you to where you are today, uh, I think we would all love to hear that. So I'll hand you, I'll hand Hi. you the mic. Yes, thank you. Okay, I am Dr. Toya, and I am originally from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. I am an OBGYN by trade. I'm a wife, a mother, and a new baby entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> I have a business, a curated directory of Black-owned businesses and Black professionals that cater to the Black community. So that's my new venture. And yeah, that's me in a very small nutshell. I have a lot of mm-hmm. stories. So which story do you want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, first of all, like I think I lost track on my hands, like how much how many things you just mentioned. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> I think what I would love to start with is what led you to becoming an entrepreneur and what were some of the biggest barriers that you experienced as a black identifying woman um, in the entrepreneurial world? as you got started yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't have a typical, well, who knows what typical is anyway, but you know, entrepreneurship came to me because of the actual business itself, not because I was like, you know, I want to venture out on my own and stop working for the man and all that. I still work mm-hmm. for the man, you know, right? <laughs> in, mm-hmm. the, in that sense, um, I still have a full-time job and it was more because of my desire to create the directory and eventually the marketplace um, because mm-hmm. it was important to me and I didn't want to wait around for somebody else to create it because I knew I had my vision. It was a very specific vision. Um, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to, you know, I was just like, I will just do it myself. So Mm -hmm. that's why I I did it. And the story behind why I created actually goes way back. It was when I was 10, I first came to this country, to United States, because I know you're in Canada. Um, I first (laughs) came, yes. And I was visiting my uncle and I was in his apartment. I was just looking around being nosy. And I picked mm-hmm. up a bottle of shampoo and it said on it mm. for normal hair. And I just remember being mm. very confused. I mm. was like, what does normal mean? And, you know, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a place where I was the majority. You know, almost everybody in Trinidad has some level of melanin. Half mm. the population is Black. So I didn't have that burden of knowing what they meant. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was just, I remember being just confused. So I quickly forgot about it because, you know, let's face it, I was 10. I did not really think much about it after that. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then, you know, I went home and I came back to the States for university. And, you know, when you live here and you're in it, you really quickly realize what they meant by normal, right? Not Mm. me. Right. So that realization came pretty quickly. And, um, the experiences around that continued. The feeling of otherness, this um, that mm. we are as Black people exotic, just not normal, not the ideal, not the standard. It's mm. kind of like a theme that we have to deal with. And mm. I've experienced that, you know, many times. I am, tra- this is, you know, traveling. I've had mm-hmm. people try to take pictures of me, like if I was some kind of sideshow. I have had women like walk up to me face to face, not make eye contact and reach out and try and examine my hair. And, you know, and I wasn't actually the first person that she tried that with because I was in a group. So she was Mm -hmm. just going around trying to examine and see, you know, like if she was in a zoo. Right. So Mm -hmm. these are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, that that kind of idea is perpetuated and you know that's what you have to deal with and that's kind of you know the the feeling of confusion and just like discomfort that I felt when I was 10 it just came back right it's like this is what they meant that I am not normal mm-hmm. but the 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 thing about it is in my life I am normal I am the standard right everybody in my immediate circle is black my husband my family you know my son everybody's black and to me I am the standard I am normal my hair is normal everything about me is normal because this is just you know I'm the lead in my life right um so you know yeah there's just that kind of disconnect so you know as we getting into 2020 2021 
a lot of people are kind of waking up to this. You know, we if we're not going to wait for other people to create things for us, we're going to do it ourselves. Yeah. Right? So there are lots of, you know, Black creators that are making the things that we need specifically for us, with us in mind. But you, and you're looking for them, they're everywhere, like scattered, right? The marketing is not really there. You have to go on YouTube and watch a video. You have to read a blog. It's on Instagram. So um, that didn't work for me because I hate all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like having to watch a long video to get to the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mm-hmm. like reading blogs to, at, and the, all the information is at the end. Uh, so I really wanted a centralized place where I can find the things that I need from brands that really view me as the ideal, right? Like mm. when they're creating this product, when they're creating this service, they say, okay, the ideal client is somebody that looks like me. So I wanted to, you know, centralize those um, places on a really user-friendly platform. And I didn't see that out there. There are lots of directors for Black-owned businesses, but they just focus on just promoting Black-owned businesses. I wanted something where the user was the focus. Like you Mm -hmm. go on the directory and you feel celebrated, you feel seen, you feel normal. You know, everything is Black by default. And that's where the name comes from. The name of the directory is by default. And the idea is, you know, it's just Black by default because, you know, we understand it. So that's that's my story. That's how I got into entrepreneurship. It's because I wanted to create this one specific thing. And, you know, with that comes everything else. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much in there that I want to take apart about your business and about your experience. Um. First thing I'll say, though, is that I think that's an ingenious business idea, because at the end of the day, you know, what makes a business successful in in my eyes, at least, is the customer experience. Right. Right. And if instead we are shifting the focus, like you said, to I'm tailoring these products to you for you because you are a member of society and not just somebody that I want as a clientele, as somebody who's giving me as someone who's giving me money. Right. Right. that is so important and such an important way to establish that community within the people that are buying from you. Um, yeah. As an aside, one thing I, one of the many things I want to ask you from what you just said <laughs> is, so after, so you see this bottle of shampoo, you come back to the U.S. a couple of years later and yeah. you feel othered. How mm-hmm. did that impact your, up your, your career here, the career yeah. that you chose to take on and how mm-hmm you kind of carried yourself through yeah. society until you decided that, you know what, I am not other, I am my own standard. How, right. what was the kind of timeline of those events that led you to yeah. where you are now? So mm-hmm. that's a really great question. And, you know, I don't have a great answer only because mm-hmm. I come from a place of privilege in that I grew up and I was fully grown when I came here. I was 18. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, not grown, grown, you know, 18 year olds aren't fully grown but Mm -hmm. in terms of my identity as somebody who is black I was always very firm in that and then I went to Howard so I went to historically black college or university so Mm. again I was in this cocoon of blackness for Mm. the entire time that I was in undergrad and medical school because I went there for medical school as well Um, and then my training was pretty diverse but that's when it first hit me, right? When I was in training, um, mm-hmm. because that 
the stereotype of the angry black woman that's when it affected me the most Hmm. because in my job Mm -hmm. and this is me being OBGYN I am very this is you know regimented like we need to do this this and this Mm -hmm. we need to do it now because you know people's lives are are at stake right so when when you come across that kind of personality especially it's a a lot of women a lot of women Mm -hmm. in the field um and you expect everybody to be oh happy and smiley and be fun and like I am like that socially but Mm -hmm. work is work and you know I am that way and I because I'm very serious about my job and you know so it was difficult for me to be in that environment because I was constantly being misunderstood right Mm. because it was just this like well why why she doesn't smile that much and she's not really that nice and it's just like well while I may not be smiling is the patient okay (laughs) right so you know let's (laughs) Mm -hmm. let's focus on the on what's important so you know that's something that I did have to struggle with and that was the first time that I had to really deal with that because of the privilege of Trinidad and Howard. Um, you know, I, I didn't have to deal with any of that. And then residency, that was my training. It was, I always say it's the best and worst four years of my life. <laughs> I was, you know, I was very well trained, but it was, it was tough. And, you know, when I came out of that, I, you know, kind of knew how to deal with things like that. So it became less of an issue once I graduated and then moved out here and here being California, where mm-hmm. I continued to practice. Um, so, you know, the experiences of me growing up and then going through that in training, it kind of prepared me for pretty much anything. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course, we continue to grow and learn and have different experiences. But I feel like those, you know, those things kind of helped me get through anything else that I have to deal with in terms of how race affects, you know, my, my job and different things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that the experiences that uh, you endured at Howard and as your time as a, as a resident and then, you know, carrying over um, into your current medical practice, do you feel that, it was almost like a facade that you had to put on or some kind of shield that you were using to make yourself look more credible in the eyes of others. So, so that's the thing. That's why I had so much trouble. Cause I wouldn't do that. Like I didn't quote unquote oh. play the game. Right. And wow. it was tough because I had comparisons. Like I was in a class of six people and mm-hmm. there were three women and three men, which is unusual for a residency of OBGYN. It's more mainly just women, but we were mm-hmm. a very diverse class with diverse race, sex, everything. Um, But the other two women were that kind of, they had that, they knew how to play the game. Let's just say that. And I Mm. did not feel the need to because I never had to. And I was just like, Mm. I'm me. I'm just going to be me. And that's where the problem came from. Um, Beyond that, it wasn't really just like playing the game. It was just, I refused to be unhappy. So mm. I just modeled myself so that I would 
be happy. Like it was a choice. Like I intentionally was like, I am going to be happy. Whatever has to happen for that to happen. Fine. I'm going to continue being how I am at work and taking care of patients the best I know how, but you know, I'm not going to let little things um, bother me. And it ended up being fine. And being out here in California is a lot different than being on the um, East Coast. I know you don't have no idea what any of that means, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhat of an is, idea. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is different. So it was easier for me to, you know, just be me mm-hmm. out here. It is mm-hmm. a lot easier. Yeah, so. absolutely. That is really incredible and also really saddening to hear at the same time. And the reason why for me, these conversations are so important to have is because um, outside of being a podcast host at school, Mm -hmm. I began an initiative with uh, three other girls and Mm -hmm. we are about to start offering workshops on inclusivity and diversity. And Mm -hmm. one of my sections that I'm teaching is just like kind of your 101 intro course to what racism is, what sexism is, uh, xenophobia, mm-hmm. all of those, um, you know, all encompassing terms that are thrown right. around nowadays. And I think the biggest issue that comes up and as, as the person who, as, as myself, um, being somebody who is teaching these workshops, there's right. always the kind of imposter syndrome of who am I to be mm-hmm. speaking on the experiences of others when, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I'm in a privileged position because two of the other girls who are teaching the Mm -hmm. workshops with me are, they're Canadian, they're white. Um, And I'm Latina. So there are things that I have endured that they may not have. And I feel that just that little piece in the eyes of the people taking the workshops makes me slightly more credible. But even then- Right. You're not giving yourself <laughs> enough credit. It makes you a lot more. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. But even still, I feel this kind of- line that I'm overstepping because I'm like well Mm -hmm. who am I to be speaking on the experiences of others but you speaking about this and hearing it from your perspective that you didn't feel like you had to put on a facade or you you chose not to I should I should say but still you knew that other people in your class who also identified as black were because it was this kind of call it a survival instinct call it a desire to be seen as credible um my coworker described it perfectly she was like we are um the workers at the airport on like the runway who have the lights and they're just like pointing at (laughs) the airplane where to go what I'm trying to do with these conversations is that is say you know I'm speaking you know to these people's experiences but not Mm -hmm. for them um and you telling your experience is incredible because like Mm -hmm. it's it's living proof that this is this is something that affects a lot of people and it affects how you yeah. carry yourself um as a professional and nobody should ever have to feel like they have to put on a facade to be seen as yeah. validated by the people that they're serving so yeah. um that's that's tough and I'm really sorry yeah. to hear that mm-hmm. yeah well you know it's kind of as sad as it is it's kind of life right like we this is what we have to do to survive and I think it's easier when you are in medicine as opposed to like if I was just an entrepreneur I think it would probably have been worse because you know I have the standard that of of exams right like everybody learns the same thing I graduated from a top residency like I'm actually really good at my job Mm -hmm. so you can only use that stuff so much and don't get me wrong there are a lot of people who have really bad situations in medicine and it's terrible and I'm not in that 
situation currently, mm-hmm. but there's still, I feel like in other industries, it's probably worse than mm-hmm. um, with us, just because it, at the very least, we're all very highly educated, at, like at the very least. Whereas mm-hmm. in another industry, I don't use the word industry, like television or anything like that, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's this like question, well, are you qualified? Are you this, are you that? Um, so I feel like it's probably even worse. Um, but yeah, that's kind of just what we have to do to survive and to stay sane. Um, it's unfortunate, but you know, that's why yeah. safe spaces are very important. And yes. um, it was also, yeah, really important for me to not just have my website as a website, it's a platform. And it's from the imagery to the types of brands that are represented when a black person goes there they feel seen they feel represented they feel catered to they feel happy and joyful and all of that is intentional because I know we have to deal with these things on the outside so whenever you need a break you just come to by default you see some happy black people just being themselves and then mm-hmm. you can feel you can feel joyful and happy and then you you lift it up and you can deal with xyz that you have to deal with in your regular life mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah so um well th- thank you for, first of all for sharing all of that um and what i want to ask you now shifting over to the entrepreneurial side of your mm-hmm. career um you began this business with the vision of creating a more inclusive platform like you very well defined it for black individuals who want that Mm -hmm. space as as a safe haven we'll call it right how are you how are you kind of shifting the way that black individuals are represented in the media with your business to change to to change that you know the many common notions that as outsiders we receive from I guess the predominantly white media what are right. what are the notions that you are hoping to change with how you represent black individuals in your business yeah that's a really good question um all of them <laughs> so I you know the main thing for me is that and I I hate to say this term because I feel like it's kind of one of those things that are like, it's like a buzzword now or buzz term mm. that mm-hmm. we are not a monolith but we really aren't. Um, <laughs> there are a wide range of Black people that like to do all sorts of things. So, you know, when you see a Black person in the media, it's usually a very narrow, you know, set of things that you're going to mm-hmm. see. Yeah. And you don't see that variation. And most importantly, you don't see normal, right? You don't see just like a regular Joe or Jamal, if you want to say, right? <laughs> you just like, uh-huh. <laughs> right? And it's it's like, we can be an athlete, you can be a singer, or you can just be a regular person working a regular nine to five and still be worthy yeah. of, you know, being portrayed and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. So just having that varied representation is important. And I have a series that I do every Monday on my Instagram platform where I post a video or photo about Black joy just because for no reason, Mm. just Mm -hmm. to be joyful. And I specifically look for, yes, a lot of it is singing and dancing because of course that's joyful, but I specifically look for 
um, images and videos that are outside of that. And it's for that reason, right? Mm. So even for sometimes it's hard for, for us to internalize and to, to see what's possible for us, right? So I had the last one I um, posted, it was a girl on a beach in St. Martin, just like loving life and being happy. So Black people travel we go to nice places you know so it's just <laughs> nice to see and you know you're not just going to come and see black people dancing and singing because that's what you kind of expect and that's what you think about when you think about black joy but black mm. joy is anything it's just allowing us to be and just, that's it with no kind of external forces no expectations just live yeah it's human um, joy right exactly <laughs> Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that having that series is really important to me. And it's kind of how I go about with my branding and, you know, the look for everything that I do. It's just, you know, this is, we are regular humans, just like everybody else. Yes, exactly. I I love that approach, because it is so representative of the fact that you know it's not like we as black people we have certain joys and as latinos we have mm-hmm. certain joys like right. we are all living the collective human experience and just like right. someone who is of chinese origin might experience joy we experience joy in very similar ways or we find right. joy in very similar things we also feel pain in very similar about very similar things and i think that right. is so important to eliminate this idea of otherness um yeah and of seeing like what you said what you said at the beginning struck me so much this idea of like this exoticness um yeah and what you're doing I think that is bringing such a beautiful message of saying you know like hey we also find joy in that morning cup of coffee and in seeing our kids grow up and stuff it's not just what you what is seen in the media um right I think that's that's really beautiful that's really beautiful thank you Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are you allowed to share with us what kind of products your company mm-hmm. provides for your the people that come to you yeah so you know mm-hmm. it's not I actually don't provide anything and so it's okay. a third party okay. yeah gotcha. so it's really that I collect the brands that are creating um, these amazing products and uh, providing these services so I right now it's a directory so mm-hmm. I reach out to the different companies I ask them to be listed and the reason that I didn't just like pull random things I really wanted to do it in partnership with the business owners is because I wanted to again for the user experience I wanted to be really user-friendly so a lot of the directories that are out there you see just a, a one line description and a a business logo and you don't really know what the business is about you can't really see what they offer so I wanted to use images and and copy and stuff from the website itself things that were copyrighted so I didn't Mm. want to just like go take people's stuff so Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I basically asked them hey can I pull your information so I can put it in this one place so that the user can basically it's like window shopping 
and mm. the way the pages are set up it's like if you are on a website shopping like if you're on Shopify if you're on Amazon it's set mm-hmm. up that way so that you can really feel like oh I, I feel like I know what these people are about I can kind of get a, a brief idea of what they sell let me go to the website and then you click and it takes you so you can you know when you go there you're going to buy like you're you're intentional that this is this is what I want to look at and I'm going to go shop mm-hmm. um, and I didn't want it to just be about hair and makeup because that's mm. another box we get put into because it's the, the thing that's the most different than everybody else, right? So mm. even with other ethnicities like Latinas and you know people of Asian descent, even though there are differences and you guys have melanin and we all do, mm-hmm. your hair is still a little bit straighter. It's a little bit different. The melanin usually is not as dark. So it's, you know, mm. we that um, differentiates us the most usually. So when you think about things that are quote unquote black, it tends to be, hair and makeup mm-hmm. um, I didn't want it to just be that even though those things are important um, I wanted it to be a listing of products and services that we need to live our best lives and that means entirely so there mm. are the travel sites on there there um, coaches therapists there's a doctor directory there's a professional services directory that's actually kind of separate but it's all in one place so Mm -hmm. you have the products and stuff and just like regular services and then professional services where you have a a director for directory for physicians attorneys and accountants so that you can you know have all the things that you need to live your best life and Mm -hmm. that was also important for me as well because when I was looking for stuff that I needed for the business I couldn't find a black attorney like I couldn't find one (laughs) and Uh, When I, you know, I was speaking to uh, a lawyer about, oh, right, about the copyright stuff. Mm -hmm. And he was Caucasian. And I found myself holding back parts of the business. Like I didn't want to, it's more like I just didn't want to be bothered with trying to explain. Like Mm. I felt like he wouldn't get it. So I just didn't really tell him about the business. I was like, yeah, it's just a collection of stuff. And yeah, like I just made it this very vague wow. thing. Mm-hmm. So, and it was only when I was done, I was like, I didn't even plan to do that when I had the meeting. It just mm-hmm. is what came out because I didn't want to have to explain. And that's that's kind of the thing. It's not that I want or need every single thing in my life to only be Black. If that's what you want, that's great. But if you don't, that's great as well. But sometimes you just you just don't want to have to explain. Like you just want somebody who gets it. And I wanted to try to bring those people together so that, you know, it's not just this going in Facebook groups and be like, I need a, I need a lawyer, somebody help me, which I'm in Facebook groups and it's a weekly occurrence. Mm-hmm. Anybody, any recommendations for a black dot, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So it's just um, to kind of address that need um, mm-hmm. and, you know, just to have everything. And I want, I have like such big visions for this thing. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, so I have big visions for you. Holy yeah. smokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Course. So that's, those are like the why it's, there are a lot of stuff, very random things. There's a girl who dies young. I talk about her all the time, just mm-hmm. because when I found her business, I thought it was so random and it, it, creating the business and curating the directory opened my eyes to 
all the things that I'm preaching, right? It's just like there's so many Black people doing all these random things that you would never even think about as quote-unquote Black. Yeah. Um, and she she dyes yarn and it makes it look like it's it was spun, like hand-spun and like people buy it and they make sweaters like the sweater you're wearing right now like so mm-hmm. I just was like this is so random and so great I, I loved it like I reached out to her immediately and I was like please can I list you um yeah so you you're gonna find all sorts of um all sorts of products but the theme for the product side is these businesses are very proudly black owned they mm. are very clearly for black people yeah. um or explicitly like they say you know <laughs> you know either you look at it and you kind of know or they say it um and that was all very intentional wow I I love that and what you said there about you not wanting to explain yourself I yeah. think is so all-encompassing and I I, I also don't want to put words in anybody's mouth but as an outsider, my perception is that that must be so all-encompassing of the experience of so so many Black individuals, right? Yeah. Um, one of the previous guests on the podcast, Micheline Khan, who uh, she is the founder of um, Altheotherapy, which helps BIPOC individuals find mm. therapists of color or right. that relate to them in some way. Right. Um, because of this gap in the therapy world, and I'm sure in many other places in society, uh, where people of color, and in your case, Black individuals, don't feel seen. And, you know, there's always the argument of, well, you're going to have to explain your story anyways, or you're going to have to explain yourself anyways. But sometimes when your resources are short, and you're exhausted, you just don't want to, and you just want somebody to say like, ah, I get you, you know, whether that's therapy, whether that's hair, whether that's makeup, whether that's clothing. Um, And I, so I love that you being somebody that has experienced that can, was that you were able to tailor the service to serve that thing specifically, because I can only imagine how much that that might limit you, that feeling of not wanting to explain yourself to somebody yeah. might limit you in the sources that you seek on a day-to-day whether that's like a doctor or a therapist yeah. or somebody to tailor your dress you know right so I love that you made it with that vision in mind for your clients yeah. mm-hmm. yes and uh, it was it was really important to me and I also acknowledge like you hear me mention a couple times that I'm privileged because I feel like ignoring it is part of part of the problem with the world is that people ignore their privilege and it causes mm-hmm. you to act um, a certain way and also it changes in other people's narratives because if you're not privileged you're just normal then what's wrong with them right mm-hmm. why aren't they achieving xyz right so that's why I mention it so much um, and it comes in different forms even it's probably weird for some people to hear a black person talking about privilege but it exists in different forms right say, yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> right because again I'm from Trinidad and Tobago that's one mm-hmm. I'm a doctor that's a huge one and mm-hmm. that one is part of why it was important for me to include the directory of doctors on there because mm-hmm. I know how easy it is for me when my son is you know sick or has a rash or whatever I can pick up my phone. I have two pediatricians that I speak to every single day. Mm -hmm. I can just ask. I can send a photo and done. I don't have to worry. Whereas Mm -hmm. there are people calling their insurance. They're trying to, they don't even have insurance. They have to Mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, I want to share some of my privilege. I want to be able to, you know, use the resources that I have to collect these names that may not have, you know, otherwise been easily found and be mm -hmm. like, here, here you go. You can go ahead and choose um, and find whatever it is you need. And um, yeah, so that's where kind of coming from with that. So there's a couple different, all different paths that led me to creating it and making it what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think the general consensus is that you're yeah. trying to tailor to the Black experience and that's, yeah. that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. Just to shift gears a little bit mm -hmm. so that we're not running out of time here. Um, I do want to ask you about your experience entering. I guess we've kind of touched on it a little bit, but your experience entering the entrepreneurial space. And this doesn't just have to be as a Black woman. This is just in general, um, kind of the challenges that you ran into and even what advice you would give to somebody who's also entering the spaces and new entrepreneurs looking to start a business um what were some of the big obstacles that you came across and yeah. how did you gain the confidence to overcome them anything under that realm yeah no that's it's so crazy for somebody to be asking me about advice about entrepreneurship it's just like <laughs> are you talking to me <laughs> uh-huh yeah um, yes yeah, i am <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so the biggest obstacles for me were within myself, actually. It was mm. mindset. Um, because yeah. for a couple different reasons, but I'm not used to not knowing how to do something, right? Mm. So mm -hmm. I trained for a very long time to do what I do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we continue, we continually learn we have to. Yeah. But it's never something that's brand new. Like I'm not, when I do my continuing medical education, it's not new information that's out of nowhere. Of mm -hmm. course, there are medical breakthroughs that come in and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is brand new. Very few doctors have any business background at all. Mm -hmm. um, so it was kind of like, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> and then, <laughs> mm -hmm. so... So I definitely mm -hmm. got help. And that's what I would recommend for everybody. You can figure it out on your own. Most people are quite intelligent and they can figure it out, but it'll take you a very long time. So I mm -hmm. do have a business coach. I'm in a coaching program um, and I would, you know, you may not you know, have any resources to do that. Again, it's another privilege, but mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's definitely getting help. Mentors can be free. Um, having, you know, somebody to help you. I would say is um, something I would definitely recommend. It will just shorten your your um, path to getting where to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. But you know, with that came the uncomfortable thing of yes, well, you have to tell your story and you know market your brand with your story. And I was like, what? No, I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so. Mm -hmm being on this podcast is <laughs> one of the, the biggest hurdles because this is I was just like no I'm not I'm not doing that I can't go and speak really? in, mm. in public you know mm -hmm. I I can't go and put my face on social media like I'm not mm. doing that um, <laughs> and it was you know it was this idea of you know well I'm a professional I don't it's you know I'm a doctor I can't really do this I can't put myself out there um, but 
it's more it was more fair than anything else it really wasn't about being a professional at all because mm-hmm. I'm so a professional I I'm doing everything I'm doing and I'm still going to work and taking care of my patients and doing everything that I need to do mm-hmm. um, so it was getting over that kind of fear of putting yourself out there which I feel like is relatable to to anyone who's not an mm-hmm. extrovert and a lot of people aren't so you know <laughs> mm-hmm. having that that mindset work and I, I was never a person that put a lot of credence in mindset work I was just like I would hear people talk about it and I was just like mm, what is that because mm. that's that's the practical side of me right I was just like it you can study it in a book it's probably it you can figure it out but you have to you know like affirmations and mindset I was just like eh. Yeah, you, know, you don't need mm-hmm. that but mm-hmm. it turns out you do yeah <laughs> and it's very important I hope people are writing um, this down you do need it yes yes you do need it um, yeah. and you know celebrating celebrating your wins and this is all coming in with the mindset things right because it's a very tough journey that a lot of no's mm-hmm. a lot of highs and lows even within one day I could be like yes this business is the best thing ever killing it and the next I'm like I don't do this anymore I don't I I don't want to Mm. just pack this up shut down the website I'm done always in the same day right so it does take um a lot of strength and all of that is is mental um so I would say you know identifying the things that you are fearful about and making sure that you address those before you um, embark on this journey or making it a an, a priority to address because it's it's tough it, it is mm-hmm. definitely it's definitely a rough road yeah mm-hmm. it's rough <laughs> mm-hmm. I I love that a lot and I love that you are telling people that yes is something that you need to do because I think it really is something that you need to do right how did you how did you um I guess overcome how did you get to the point of addressing those fears of telling your story um because I mean I'm sitting here and I it sounds to me like you've told your story a million times without fear (laughs) and whether that's the case or not um right as an outsider like I loved hearing it and I and I think that you should keep telling it um yeah (laughs) but how are you kind of still are if are you still dealing with that feeling of mm-hmm. you know inadequacy or fear about telling your story and how did yeah. you come to terms with it yeah it, it was definitely practice right and mm. um the story itself got easier as I got more comfortable speaking and you know putting myself out there and telling it um because and, and that was the thing with the mindset is that I made up this person in my mind that wasn't actually me. This conservative mm-hmm. physician that, you know, didn't like social media was never on there. And mm-hmm. I was just like, that's not really me. So it was, it was nothing, no one thing that I did to get over it. It was just being in a supportive group, having the support of my coach and the people that I was with and pushing through and doing it scared. Eventually you I mean if you're serious I guess you have the mental fortitude to kind of break through and really figure out you know what 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 is actually my barrier here why am I so against doing this and you know it I realized that like if you look 
back if you knew me when I was an undergrad Mm-hmm. I used to have like 15 albums on Facebook at all times. Like mm-hmm. I love taking pictures. Mm-hmm. Like, and this was when Facebook was just university. I, I don't know how old you are, but there was a time back in the day <laughs> when not everybody <laughs> could get on Facebook. Uh-huh. You had to be in university, right? That's, yeah. that's when I was on Facebook for the first time. I'm yeah. kind of oh, I myself. was too, but I definitely lied about my age. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I would like have all this stuff on there I did all this adventure stuff I've been bungee jumping um, I dive like I do all this stuff so I was just like where did this idea that I'm this conservative person that doesn't like to put the put yourself out there so it was mm-hmm. it was really that kind of self-examination and just really in sitting and thinking and um sitting with what your fears are again coming back to it and it, it will come to you it would and it just came that it was it was fair and if that's all it is, well, you can work through fear. You can do it scared. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's hard, but you can definitely, you can definitely do it. And I still, for this one, I feel like, I don't know, maybe you made me feel really comfortable. I didn't have it as much before this podcast, but when I do, because I do Facebook lives and stuff, I still get nauseous and anxious mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. going on there. And then I just yeah. do it anyway, because I don't have a choice. Like, I mean, of course I have a choice, but uh-huh. you know. I've made a decision. Mm-hmm. I said I'm going to be there, so I have to show up. Um, so it's not mm-hmm. that it's just went away. I don't think it really goes away completely. And maybe mm-hmm. if it does go away, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Um, oh my god! So, mm-hmm. so yeah. But yeah, yeah. Everything you said. How there. I got here. Yeah. No, <laughs> that was a lot. That was great. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I love- like I feel that was a very long answer to a short question no 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 I, I I was just about to say that everything that you said was music to my ears because I love yeah. that you said that you did it scared and yeah. you even and you do it scared because you don't have a choice right? right I think that's so important for people to to understand at a fundamental level that the people that you see doing the things that they do the things that you look up to them for it's not that right. they've not scared of them anymore and it's not that they waited until they weren't scared to do right. them right like you can do things scared and still come out the other side and be successful or you know maybe right. you fail and then you've learned something new right? right um but it's understanding that if you don't put yourself in the discomfort if you don't submerge yourself in that you're yes. not going to grow um yeah and i and you know i can only speak to my my experiences um a Latina or somebody who's yeah. not black, but you saying that as a as a black woman um, in the space that you're working in is so incredible for me to hear. And yeah. as an outsider again, um, and I think that's so inspiring to the people who are listening to this that black or not, you know, you need to go forward knowing who you are and what you're capable of. So yeah. I loved I loved everything you said there. Oh, thank you. Yes. Do it scared. Just yes. remember that. If you take nothing else, <laughs> do it scared. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Dr. Toya, before I let you go, uh, the tradition mm-hmm. on this podcast is that the, at the end of every episode, I do a rapid fire round of three questions oh that you gosh. have to answer. Now and I'm getting nauseous. The- <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it scared. <laughs> okay. Fine. And it's not in one word or, or like okay. one sentence or anything. You just, whatever comes to mind, uh, you can answer. Okay. So, all right. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, no, but okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. We'll try. We'll try the first one. Uh, the okay. first question is, what is a song that is currently stuck in your head? 
Oh. Baby shark just came to my head. I oh. have an 18 month old. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> it was so funny that that came because mm-hmm. we don't even let him listen to that that much. But it was literally really? the first song that came to my, my head. Yeah. And I'm That's one of those so people funny. where I like songs get stuck in my head very easily and it's just like um, on replay so yeah it's so weird that that was the first one that came to mind it's really funny yeah, yeah. that is hilarious <laughs> i'm sure it's gonna be stuck in the heads of everybody that's listening to this because it definitely got stuck I, in mind now i forgot that the song existed <laughs> sorry i love that no it's okay it's okay i love that all right question number two is uh what is a quote that inspires you every day It's supposed to be rapid, but I'm just like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> well, it, it's kind of a longer quote, and it kind of goes with my story for the business. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know who Ava DuVernay is, do you? I do not. No. No. So she's a director, world class director. Um, she makes a lot of films that have black um protagonists and stuff like that. I don't want to call them black films because I have a that's a whole other podcast topic, but mm-hmm. he, she did Salma and um, a couple other amazing projects, but okay. she was speaking about being a writer and she says that when I write, a man walks into a room, she's like, I mean a black man. She's mm-hmm. like, this is my standard. Like, this is where my frame of mind is men when I hear when I say a man it's a black man right so it's like whatever you assume when you read my work that's on you but it's just like this is this is my baseline is that mm. you know black is the standard of course I'm butchering what she said but <laughs> that's, that's, you know mm-hmm. the first part is what she actually said she's like when I write and I say a man walks in the room it's a black man and that always stuck with me I love that she said that and it's kind of you know the same way that I operate and what um, are my values and my goals with the directory. So, so yeah, that's, that's one that I, I love. Hmm. I love that. Um, I think yeah. that is very complimentary to your story. So yeah. thank you yeah. for sharing that. The third question. Oh. And the reason why I love this rapid fire on is because the third question is always different for everybody. So the first exactly. two are the same. The third one is, is different. Uh, okay. So my third question for you is what does it mean to be Dr. Toya. Oh my gosh. Oh, what does it mean? <laughs> it being a really good wife and mother and sister and daughter. Those are that's like the most important thing to me. And I don't mm-hmm. think I realized how important it was before COVID right because I yeah I always loved going home and I always loved you know being in Trinidad I hadn't not been home more than a year in my life until Mm -hmm. COVID um Mm. I went home in October of 2019 and that was the last time I went home that was the last time I saw my mom my dad Mm -hmm. my sisters um so the importance of kind of family and being a member of my family I feel like the, I don't think I, it was always important because I have a big family and we were always close, 
but Mm -hmm. the realization that wow this is really important (laughs) kind of you know really hit home in the last year or two years I should say Mm -hmm. so being Dr. Toya yes I'm I'm a doctor but that's just one small piece of all of who I am and everything else is equally if not more important to being who I am yeah I love that I love that thank you answers went fun no 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 no. I was just about to say that I absolutely love I love what you just said there especially because I feel like people are so tied to the the career that they choose you know where it's MD where it's PhD whether it's right you know whatever whatever else you have in your title um it's such a small fraction of who you actually are and so I love that you put your family um as your your sense of meaning so that's beautiful Mm -hmm. uh Dr. Toya can you tell us where our listeners can find you and your business uh, once they leave this podcast yes so you can find us at bydefault.com. It's B-U-Y-D-E-F-A-U-L-T. And shout out to my husband for um, choosing the name. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew I wanted it to be, you know, by default, like black by default, but he's the one that said put the U in there. And I thought that was mm. kind of like a cute thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. bydefault.com. And on Instagram, we are B-U-Y underscore default. The whole thing was taken, you know, Instagram, you can't have to. <laughs> um, and then mm-hmm. on, on Facebook, it's all one word by default. So you can find us on those platforms. Um, we have a YouTube channel as well, where I do interviews with the business owners so they can tell a little bit of their story as well. Just more things to, so even though I'm about the user, I am about the businesses as well. You know, I mm-hmm. want to get there, get them out there. So just more mm-hmm. brand visibility. So I do those interviews and I'll be starting some new interviews with some of the physicians um, next year as well. So that would be really fun to look out for us on YouTube. Yeah. Sweet. I'm very much looking forward to all those interviews when I watch them. And I will also uh, link everything that you just said there in the description so you guys can access it a little bit more easily. Uh, Dr. Toya, thank you so much for for being here, for telling us your story, for everything that you had to say. And I look forward to talking to you again very soon, hopefully. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me, Mariana. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the podcast, you guys. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation between Toy and I as much as I did. And I will certainly be using the mantra, do it scared, for the rest of my days. So if you enjoyed that episode and you want to hear more, you can leave a rating, subscribe to the podcast to make sure that you get the latest updates and so this reaches more people as well. You can forward it to a friend if you think you know somebody that would benefit from it. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Commitment to Growth Podcast. And you can also subscribe to the Commitment to Newsletter if you want to get more sources of personal development right in your inbox every single week so again that's the commitment to growth newsletter comes out every thursday you can hit the link in my bio on instagram to subscribe today and as well if you didn't tune in last week you will have missed that i released a free 
workbook downloadable resource for you called the get unstuck workbook that you can also head over to the link in my bio on instagram to download it's basically a short little guided practice for you to try out when you are stuck in a rut and you want some prompts to ask yourself to help you get out of that uh, stuck state so if you're interested go check it out leave me a comment if you try i would love to know how that experience was for you because it certainly has been very helpful for me And until the next episode, have a great rest of your week and I will see you next time.